0: You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi lovelies, welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And today we are sitting down with Ginger Zephyr, an Australian stripper and YouTuber whose prime purpose is to lead by example and create an impact on the world that is encouraging, inspiring, and life-changing. She has over eight years of experience in the sex industry and has dedicated those years to showing her audience that anything is possible. She is passionate about the power of personal development, conscious living, and reducing the stigma around sex work. This episode, we discuss mindset, positive thinking, energy, and spirituality in the strip club. Ginger, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you. How did you get into the industry and what avenues have you
1: worked in? So I first got into the industry when I was twenty years old. I had um, I was in a bit of a weird position where I kind of moved from Australia to the UK on a whim, and then didn't really didn't really like it over there. Didn't really like living over there, so I came back home to Australia, and I had no money, no savings, absolutely nothing, and I was living with um, a partner who didn't really have an income either. And I started doing random bits on the side, like selling underwear here and there, but it wasn't really bringing in as much income as obviously, like a full time kind of gig did. So I didn't really have any any money to pay like rent, bills, etc. And I just applied to all the strip clubs in my in my city, and then um, worked at the first one that got back to me and. Since then, I have, I've only really done online work as well, like you know, only fans. But um, yeah, the, the avenues that I've worked in in the industry have been like random bits and pieces like selling underwear. I did briefly try sugaring, but I was still a baby, and I, it's painful to think about <laughs> think about how that was for me and the mistakes that I made. But um, yeah. All that and a bit of OnlyFans as well. Well, rest
0: assured, I think every single sex worker looks back at baby sex worker them and is like, "You idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> and as, I mean, especially like now, sex workers getting into the industry have so many tools at their disposal of how to do things, how to enter, with all that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you've been down. You've been in the industry for eight years, I believe. Yeah, eight years. So yeah, so um, just a little less than me. And back then, there really wasn't that much information available to sex for her. So we really were like the blind leading the blind out there. So you know what, it's not on you.
2: (laughs) I would argue it was the same even when I started. And that was only like, I mean, that was coming on four years ago. And even then, I feel like the knowledge really started when podcasts really became a thing. And TikTok. TikTok really became a thing. Oh, for sure. And before that, it was like, you just learnt on the job, basically. So yeah, like even in the um, four years that I've been in the industry, it's really like, you can just get so much knowledge out of them.
1: I've even noticed as well, it's like, back in the day, you used to be able to tell when someone was brand new to stripping, like the way they walked around the club and them on stage. And these days, because a lot of girls will we like, they'll practice in their heels, they'll know how to walk around a room confidently and they'll be like working on it before they go into the industry, especially a lot of girls will start like start taking pole classes before they start dancing. And it's like, you can't even really like see who's a baby anymore in the way that you used to.
2: That in the attitude, I think I was oh. talking to somebody about this as well. I was like <laughs> girls really become an in. Oh, uh, I have a quick story. Um, <laughs> There was a girl that was like sitting on our front, like on me and some other stage girls' front row, like actively talking to people and not asking them to tip. And even one of them went as far as to be like, Well, what are you gonna do for me? Like to get $5. And then this girl was a baby stripper and her auntie used to be in the industry. It's like, You're coming in with that attitude and you like are supposed to know things? Like it was bonkers.
0: Yeah, we definitely, we definitely see like that hierarchy of dancers in the club uh, being a lot more disrespected now than it used to be, um, but that's something we've talked at length with about um, our like, dis- disdain for uh, green strippers who have no respect for elders in the industry. I um, <laughs> mean, my walker has like, <laughs> approached the stage. <laughs> oh well uh so on your youtube channel you share meditation videos advice affirmations and even some courses uh what made you want to start that channel and how long have you been running it for
1: so I pretty much started that channel when like a lot of other people started things during COVID when we all had that time to like step away and kind of pursue the like pursuits that we didn't really allow ourselves the time to when we were out and about and working i um had always been a very spiritual person and i found that when i went into when i was in the club and when i was working a lot that kind of it died a little bit and then when i would take breaks or go on a holiday i would i would feel my my like spiritual essence like being revived and when i was taking Obviously, couldn't go into the club because of COVID. Everything was shut down and I had no idea how long it was going to take. I thought to myself, wow, like, I'm going to find myself so much more um, enlightened, I suppose. I'm going to find like my spirituality growing a lot over the next few months or even years. Who knows how long it's going to be. And when I go to the club, it's going to be a big shock. And I want to make sure that I develop ways over the next like period of time so that I can go into the club and still integrate everything rather than it being um, like thrown out of balance again. And I just spent a few months um, finding ways to integrate spirituality and like positive mindset into the strip club. And then I just like decided that I wanted to share it with everyone and started making affirmation videos and like little bits and pieces to help with that. And so that was in the middle of like t- 2020 obviously and I've just kind of been adding little bits and pieces ever since
2: nice um is the rules with um YouTube sort of the same as um Instagram and Facebook in terms of like content surrounding sex work and stripping being censored or is it is a little bit more easygoing because they have that 18 plus like view of 18 plus or something as well right
1: yeah, so I have a um, a vlog channel as well, and I haven't really had my- many issues with um like censorship on my high vibrational like the affirmation spiritual channel. But when I do my vlogs, I have to be very very careful. Like I never show my body. I um mm-hmm. have to only just show my face. And even like um I haven't had any videos demonetized, but I've had a lot of videos where the um advertiser revenue has been restricted because they haven't allowed um all advertisers to run ads on my content and it's I've, be, I've always been so careful I make sure like most of the time that my I'm not I'm if I'm swearing it's like bleeped out and I'm very cautious about how like graphic I am talking about things and um what I say but apparently sometimes it's not good enough and I do have some content that get restricted which is really quite frustrating.
2: Right. So it's shitty everywhere is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, nothing's been taken down, but um, Mm -hmm. I have been very, very careful.
2: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I I I thought maybe it was a little bit better because I've definitely noticed going on to some videos you have to, I mean, all you have to do is like log in and say you're 18, but just that like one extra step that I think a lot of um, social media or
0: networks like don't have
2: yeah
0: Mm, um you were optimistic
2: yeah (laughs) sure it was uh
0: speaking of um affirmations you mentioned can you share some of your favorite affirmations or ones that you say to yourself before starting um a day of work
1: I think um for me the, the ones that I say to myself before work um and during work aren't necessarily my favorite but they're just kind of simple so that um I can just like quickly say them like quickly bust them out and I don't have to like think about them too much like I mean I am a money magnet is pretty like pretty pretty standard um it's but it, it kind of like anything that also gets you visualizing as well can be really effective because it like for instance I am a money magnet that gives you the visual of like money being magnetized to you instead of just being just saying like I am rich or I am wealthy or I love money and money loves me. Right.
2: And I guess like for me, I've never really worked with like, um, any type of affirmations or like mindsetting, I guess, like, what is the theory around how it works?
1: When it comes, when it comes to affirmations, it's just kind of like, um, like positive self-talk and reinforcing positive beliefs and there's a lot of, um, I suppose you can you can look at it from like a scientific perspective or you can look at it from a spiritual perspective because there's um, the side of the coin where you speaking, like speaking things into existence, like the law of attraction side of it. And then there's also the psychology side of it where you're um, associ- associating yourself with positive things and associating yourself with things that you want to attract. And so by... Saying that something is so, and having the words leave your mouth it, you're you're reinforcing it in your brain so that you're able to believe it more
2: right. I'm really just out there like throwing myself into work and hoping
0: for the best day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I recently read the secret, um which was a painful read to be honest, um, but it it was big years ago, the secret came out, and everyone was like really about this and now I see like kind of like a resurgence of that concept which I do agree with about thinking um positive and positivity comes to you like that concept of like when you put yourself in that mindset you're more open to that stuff coming your way um I do like that concept for sure and I also notice and not even like I don't think I've ever actually intentionally made um an affirmation but I know before I go to work I'll write down like this is my goal for today. And this is how much I want to make each shift for the next few months. And I seem to always like surpass it. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it's like another way of doing affirmations. I think sometimes people that are, um, a little more like rigid might be put off by the term affirmation. Um, so I think there's like other ways you can do it that maybe make you feel less, um, like wooey or whatever. If People are kind of um, apprehensive to that kind of side of things. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. of just putting kind of that, um, like, I'm, I'm committed to this, like, positive outcome coming my way.
1: For sure. And I feel as though um, not everything is going to work for everyone. For instance, some people, um, like, doing up a little vision board and having it as your screensaver might be more effective. They might be more of a visual person. Or um, maybe throwing, um, like, affirmations, like, backwards and forwards between you and a friend could be more effective. It's just a matter of finding what works for you. Yeah, I I really, I'm really down to give it a go. And I was actually like
2: snooping through your YouTube channel like a a little bit ago um, when we first contacted you. Because I just feel like, I mean, first of all, I've spoken about this on the podcast, but my motivation has been like really bunk lately. And then I'm also just feeling super susceptible to all the like negative locker room chat. And I'm just really trying to like get out of that mindset, I guess. So yeah, I'm definitely definitely going to try, try the affirmations. I mean, what can go wrong, really, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Why not? (laughs) Knock on wood. Uh, So we mentioned in your intro that you were passionate about the power of personal development and conscious living. Um, Are you able to elaborate on what each of those mean to you? Um, Let's start with like personal development.
1: So personal development, I'm really passionate about like just working on out, like working on myself, and encouraging everyone else to do to do the same. Because I feel as though like we have so much potential to grow and expand, and um, it can be so easy to get stuck in the same spot and get the same results over and over. But if you're consistently investing like time and energy into yourself, you can like surpass what you're used to and surpass like the goals that you've set for yourself previously. And you can just build, keep building, and building. Better instead of being stuck in a fixed position so I feel as though personal development can be really really effective in the strip club as well and it can stop you from being caught in like a loop and being caught in the same position and it can uh, like elevate you into like a, a higher power in terms of
2: personal development Do you, like, are there exercises that you do or things that you run through that you feel like have made the most difference to um, you both in your personal life and in in the strip club?
1: I think the biggest thing for me is, like, constantly making myself a learner, like, always reading new things. Um, In Australia, I found um, a website where I can do, like, free university courses, and I just found, like, even just learning about different different things and um because everything everything everything's connected even though you might learn about something that you think isn't related to the strip club it could come up in a, in conversation and even like strengthening your knowledge in all areas of your life will also give you a bit more confidence in re- like when you are talking to people and confidence in who you are and your like intel- intelligence level so i think just like allowing yourself to co- constantly learn and um expand and grow your mind so that you're always um seeking out new information and it also like it's like a muscle like learning is, is the more that you learn the easier it becomes to learn so it, it trains you to be able to learn new things even at work as well like when you're talking to customers and learning how to hustle a little bit more
0: definitely I always say like even like, like you just said, like with muscles too, and the brain, if you don't use it, you lose it as cliche as that sounds. So like the more you're going to the gym, the more you're reading, like you're like actively keeping those things like alive, you know? So I completely agree with that.
2: What has been one of your favorite courses or most interesting courses that you've taken um, sort of as part of your personal development?
1: That's a really good question, but also it all depends. I mean, every every course has its own has its own benefits, and it all depends on what you're going to use it for. But um, I have a friend, um, Lauren. She used to run the um, Hustle Like a Stripper podcast, but now um, she's rebranded to Luscious Liberation, and she doesn't really post her stripper content anymore, or really talk about. Um, she's not super active on social media anymore, but she had a lot of useful information when I was working with her and, um, being coached by her.
2: Yeah. I think it's always good to like learn things both in and outside of the, like the stripping realm too. I know at one point I got really, like I took some time off of uni and I, um, was doing the podcast, sorry, <laughs> I was doing the podcast, I was working. And then I was also trying to, um, go through a bunch of like, uh, stripper development courses as well and I just felt like my entire life became sex work and I was like oh I need to like variety take a biology course or like something random to like you know grow myself in a different way because it was really like overtaking Overtaking who I was as a person, which I mean, arguably, it is who I am as a person.
0: But yeah, but you're you're a multifaceted person. I think I felt the same way, like um, a couple of years ago when doing the podcast, guest lecturing about sex work, um, like coaching, like just doing lap dance workshops, working, like everything outside of me was sex work related, um, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I think I feel the same way. Like I need that kind of variety. Um, either whether it's taking another course or finishing, you know, something something outside of Mm -hmm. the industry. Um, Because believe it or not, we are multifaceted, multidimensional humans (laughs) in the sex industry. And we're not just, you know, walking dolls.
1: Um,
0: So the second part of that original question, um, what does conscious living look like to you? For me,
1: I believe that conscious living is just being – being aware of who you are and the impact that you have um not not necessarily just on your like immediate reality but also that like the wider world as well
2: um and what sort of advice would you give to people wanting to be um a little bit more conscious in their living like again for me this is not something that I'm really familiar with so like what would sort of be um some points to look out for or some things to work on I guess
1: I feel like for um, for someone getting started, I think the most important thing is to not um, like stress yourself out too much or feel as though you have to do too much at once. It's all like about like baby steps and what you can manage because you don't want to um, like wear yourself out or like make yourself feel guilty or put yourself in a position where you feel like pressured and feel as though you're not like you're in an uncomfortable position just because you want to make all these changes and you're not necessarily like ready for them or in a position where you can implement them as well. I think like just like slowly taking stock of what, um, how your day-to-day life um, impacts the world. For instance, the kind of like things that you're buying, like the food that you're buying, um, like the amount of packaging in it, where it comes from and um, the kind of clothes that you purchase as well. If if you support fast fashion, which Also, like another thing to consider is like um, class is a very like sometimes it's not possible to be super conscious in like the position that you're in when it comes to changing your lifestyle. So also like not putting too much pressure on yourself. What if um, the only clothes that you can afford are like fast fashion and you can't necessarily afford food that's um, like organic or ethically sourced? I think just um, taking note of what you can do like it, in like at this point in time and what resources that you have is probably the most important thing to get started. Right. And what are some
2: ways that you practice conscious living, um, inside the club or like within sex work as well?
1: So within, um, within the club and within sex work, it can be really difficult, especially, um, I feel as though now, like the industry it has become a lot more glamorized and it, it's a lot more, um, you've, there's kind of a bit more pressure to put more, um, like effort into effort into your outfits and to w- like be a bit more like glamorous. You can't really wear the same thing over and over again, the way that you used to be able to. And so I think the best way to go about that is like, um, you know, sh- like shopping secondhand, like, um, selling things and like buying things in the change room and like shopping on Depop and like Facebook marketplace and looking for ways that you can, um, buy things secondhand or, like, trade rather than purchasing things firsthand. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I I do think that, like, especially um, working in, like, the content creating um, aspect, I find that, like, there's just a magnitude of new outfits that you're always buying to, like, have the content looking fresh. Um, And it is just sort of, like... um, a little it it gets a little bit wasteful because you use it like once or twice or you know especially things coming from like sheen I know I'm guilty of like doing a sheen haul every so often and you wear things three times before it falls apart or three times before you're bored of it um but I have seen a lot of dancers do um uh like clothing swaps and stuff which is great to see I saw that like um I think they had one down in Las Vegas recently or like in the Bay or something. So yeah,
1: cause
2: mm-hmm. uh, I'm guilty. I'm, I buy things and I wear the same damn outfit every time.
0: Or even like supporting within the community to like buying mm-hmm. clothes that are handmade from other sex workers um, and then fairly compensating them. Um, I think it's like another way. That yeah. I, I think you and I have both tried to uh, be more conscious of our consumption within the sex industry. Um, cause yeah, it is hard to, you always need new outfits. Like you can't wear the same outfit every day of the week at the club, especially because that regular is going to call you the fuck out (laughs) he will notice. (laughs) Um, so another, uh, definition question here, um, what does spirituality, um, mean specifically to you and how do you practice spirituality?
1: Something that that's actually something really difficult to put into, put into words, um, Spirituality for me is I think just like feeling um, like a sense of connectedness and feeling as though um, I'm being guided and that um, just being being in, um, in sync with the world around me and having a clear path to be on.
0: Mm-hmm. I like
2: that. So uh, I'm assuming like I guess like uh, – less religious and more, like, spiritual, but do you follow, like, any, um, I don't know, any sort of, like, common practices in spirituality or is it um, sort of your own your own
1: uh, interpretation? I think it's more so my own interpretation. I mean, there are, like, um, I do practice healing modalities because I'm a Reiki practitioner. So um, I definitely, like, work with energy and, um, like also nature as well. I think, um, also like being t- tuned into nature is a, like a big part of spirituality for me as well.
0: Mm. Uh, speaking of Reiki, actually, it's actually something I really want to, um, get, mm-hmm. get done. Have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to word that, but, uh, Receive. I want to visit a person who does Reiki. <laughs> um, and you actually, on your Instagram page, Healing for Hustlers, uh, you share your knowledge um, about Reiki and. Uh, we were just wondering if you could explain a little bit about how Reiki works and how to find a good practitioner in your area, you know, red flags or green flags of someone. Cause yeah, I think that's like my biggest, um, apprehension towards is like literally anyone could just come to me, put their hands across my body and be like, I, uh, you're healed. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, um, what is Reiki exactly? And, um, yeah. How could you find a good Reiki
1: practitioner? So Reiki is pretty much working with the um, seven chakra system to like to work through any ne- energy imbalances that you might have in your body, because um, every chakra correlates to an area of your body that um, impacts your behavior and the results that you see in the outside world. For instance, um, one thing that I see a lot, especially in um, like my female clients, is like the throat chakra. And um, balancing out imbalances there means that if you have an imbalance in your throat chakra, it means that you have difficulty like communicating or like speaking up and um, like talking to others, expressing the way that you feel with the world. And once, um, once you work through the imbalances in the, your throat chakra and um, the practitioner gives you practices to maintain, a healthy throat chakra you'll be able to interact with the world a lot better and you'll be able to have a bit more effective communication so it's it's really amazing like the different parts of um your body and like your chakras and how they interact with the way that you function in the world how i would suggest finding a good practitioner is kind of just going with who feels right for you. I mean, you'll be able to feel it in your gut if someone is right for you, if, if someone is a good practitioner. And there's a few little bits and pieces that I would pick up on as a practitioner myself. For instance, it's very frowned um, upon in, like as a Reiki practitioner, to call yourself like a healer, because like where we are technically Reiki practitioners, we practice using reiki energy we use we become channels for for the reiki energy like we are a bridge between reiki energy and the person receiving it we aren't the healers themselves we're just the like passage that it passes through so if someone describes themselves as a healer that's a bit of a red flag and um if someone uses um reiki symbols in their advertising that's a bit of a red flag as well because the symbols are supposed to be like sacred and secret to mm-hmm. reiki practitioners
2: that's really interesting to know. And your clients, I also saw that you do like distance um, Reiki practicing. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, how does that work sort of like um, uh,
1: remotely? So it's really interesting. I find distance Reiki, I, I find the, re- the results are a lot more significant personally, um, when I practice distance Reiki. And um, it's, the, the concept of distance Reiki and how it works is because um, Reiki transcends, Reiki energy transcends t- like time and space, so you don't necessarily have to be in the room with the person to give them, to um, have the energy channel through you, especially because you are the channel and the energy is just passing through you onto the person, so you don't physically need to be there. I find um, when I'm practicing distance Reiki, because I'll always, um, I know this might sound a bit woo-woo, but I always like tune into the spirit team of the whoever I'm practicing on. And I find I can connect a lot better with um, the spirit team of someone that I'm practicing on from a distance. And I'll receive a lot more. um, The messages that will come through will come through a lot clearer. And um, I'm, I still try to wrap my head around why, and I'm trying to figure out why that's the case. But um, I think, I, I don't, I don't know. But I find it's, it's a lot more effective personally doing it from a distance, which is really interesting and actually really convenient as well.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I have a couple more questions about Reiki, and then we have a ton of listener questions. <laughs> um, but do you could anyone learn how to be a Reiki practitioner, or is it something that either people can do or can't do? Like how, I guess, how much of a open practice
1: is it? So um, I don't necessarily think there are any barriers to becoming a Reiki practitioner, but the thing is um, you have to receive an attunement in order to practice Reiki. You do, um, there are three levels of being um, a Reiki practitioner. There's level one, which is where you can um, like practice on yourself and friends and family. There's level two, which is when you can practice on like the general public, you can like start taking on clients. And then there's level three, which is um like, not, it's not called level three. It's called like um, master, being a master reiki master. And that's when you can attune others. You can attune level one and two. And um, in order to start practicing on people, yeah, you need to go through the first two attunements and it's just a matter of um, being being receptive to the attunements and being able to um, receive them and being an open channel in that way.
2: That's so interesting. I've like, uh, I have a friend whose mom does energy work, um, and I've always been so curious about how it works. Like to me, it's kind of in that in the same box as like witchcraft it's something that I'm so interested about but like truly don't understand and have like no like nobody in my immediate like family or friends group is a like is practices that and so I find it like really interesting and I always feel like a little bit um, separated from that world I think so it's always like really interesting to hear about it
0: so oh, as Riley said, we got a shit ton of listener questions from you, which is always great because it just tells us that um, we're getting the right guests coming in yeah. because people want to hear from you and they want to get their questions in. The so people want to know. Yeah. So we, believe it or not, actually these are narrowed down. <laughs> the first one is what annoys you most about baby strippers?
1: Oh, um, that's a very good question. Um, Baby strippers in general, or like baby strippers at this point in time? Um, I think in general. Yeah, let's do general. Well, at the at the end of the day, um, I mean, I, I think it's it's the kind like um. Sort of like this the sense of entitlement, especially um in this day and age. But I know that that also stems from my own um. Because I I entered the industry when um, I I definitely wasn't ready and I I didn't have, like, any – I was not prepared. I I was, like, thrown into the deep end and um, there was obviously nothing on social media. There was nothing to, like, get me um, feeling, like, ready for the work and nothing to, like, put me in a good headspace. And I think, like, that also stems from, like – me feeling as though, like, I'm, I'm a bit jealous about the fact that it was, like, a bit of a rough start for me, and I know that, like, everything that I kind of, like, get annoyed about baby strippers is just a projection, and, like, um, a way for me to, like, process, process and justify my own experiences. I think that's really, like,
2: a really good, um, Kind of
1: mature way to look at
2: it.
0: Fuck these bitches (laughs)
2: mentality because you're right. Like I'm just trying to think of all the things, and like I'm not even that much of like a a vit. I guess well, I don't know. It's volatile, but like I, the things that I hear people complaining about is like the same thing that I think our generation looks at um, boomers and think. Really think that like the boomers have this idea of like millennials and like gen z's have it so easy and you know we had to go to war and it should be hard for them too and it's like this innate like feeling that just because you've had it hard like everyone else has to have it hard or like i don't know it's it's an interesting mentality that you see time and time again of like just not like it's easy for someone and you're like
0: <laughs> yeah I think not feel like that misery loves company like it yeah. was hard for me it should be hard for you like, yeah you know and you know, have I have to go through what I did yeah and, I- and also I think too especially if there's a big payoff like being a successful dancer is a payoff so I kind of feel like yeah baby strippers have to earn yeah your their stripes. heels yeah earn their heels like earn earn those good nights go with like you know yeah trudge through the mud to get there like when girls get hired to go right to stage I'm like you did not earn a stage show and then they do a half-ass stage show and I'm like see you should have been out there in the first place but that's my own bitterness for being a a decade in the industry
1: (laughs) I think something that like myself and like a lot of us forget as well is like the like the grit that comes with um like being thrown in headfirst and not understanding I feel like that's very valuable as well and um something that we we forget is um if you have it if you start out like with it being really easy for you you're not going to really develop like you kind of need to fail and like like what like wander around a little bit in order to like build that like resilience and to like have that um have that strength that's really going to support you and help you in like in the long run
2: I think that's a good point as well and I think that like we see that time and time again when girls enter the industry um, when it's a really good time of the year and then it starts to get slower and they realize that they have no like hustler instincts and then you see them leave the club. And I feel like that's why there's such like a massive turnover. Like for every 10 girls who started a club, t- two will make it, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, so on that note, the next list of is: do you have any advice for newbies?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> <Very fucking humble>. <laughs> <laughs> stay in your line, No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think just being aware is, is something to really like start off with. Um, like being aware of who you are, being aware of the environment that you're in, because, um, yeah, just being aware of, like, of the of the position that you're in, um, because you'll probably find that if, if you're looking for help, it, like, it'll, it'll show up, but if you, um, like, start, um, like, asking people for advice and kind of infringing on, um, someone else's, like, time and space, especially in the club where it's really valuable, it's only going to, um, like bite you in the back and it's only going to make people like upset and angry and not going to work with you. But, um, often it's like if someone sees you like floundering around or in, um, like a position where you're kind of doing something a little stupid, like people will probably help you out.
0: Mm, Definitely. And the next listener question here, how do you deal with other girls being competitive slash scary? (laughs) I read that and I loved it. I was like, "Oh, this poor girl." (laughs)
2: That's how I felt about Danica
0: at
1: first.
0: (laughs) Very scary.
1: I think just having tunnel vision for yourself and your goals, it can be really useful. And um, just like tuning out all the um, all the clutter, because it's and like recognizing what's productive and what isn't. I mean, sometimes like um like competitiveness can work for your advantage and it can give you that motivation that you need, but then sometimes it can be toxic as well. I think it's important to just be aware of what, um, what is helping you and what is hindering you and kind of just like tuning out um, what isn't really assisting you in in like a positive way and just focusing on what you want to achieve and like the reason why you're there rather than getting caught up in the, Mm -hmm. in everything
2: and avoid eye
0: contact <laughs> Yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> when elders are around um I uh I wonder what um this person defines as like scary yeah I get called scary a lot but I get called intimidating a lot and I think I'm it's like I've heard someone no I've definitely heard people say the word scary with regards to me yeah no people say I'm scary a lot or uh, I get a lot of intimidating like people are like you were very intimidating um, but I think it's more so one, yeah, I've been in the industry a long time. So like there, you should be kind of a little intimidated by people who have earned their stripes way before you. And I don't know if it's intimidating or just like respectful, um, like I think you should respect people who have you know put in the blood sweat and tears that you maybe didn't even have to because you came in at a later date when that wasn't a requirement and you got to look at a TikTok video and then (laughs) enter into the industry you know Um, exactly how to show up to a club and ask for a job yeah yeah and also too like I don't think like and I speak I mean I'm speaking for myself but like I don't mean to be intimidating it's more so just like I come from a generation of dancers where, like, we came, we worked, we hustled, Mm -hmm. we left. Like, we didn't hang around the bar and talk to each other and everyone was girlfriends. Like, we were really focused on working and we got a lot of shit on from the outside world. Like, it wasn't glamorized the way it is Mm -hmm. now. So, maybe we had a little bit thicker skin as opposed to now the new girls all, like, come into the change room and laugh and giggle and, you know, um, all that stuff. And I don't remember that really being a thing a decade ago. I think we were much more focused on making our money, going home. We didn't make TikToks about how much money we made at the end of the shift, um, things like that. So yeah, I, think, I think it's just different gener- generations, different yeah. dancers. That. I, just, I remember being at my old club
2: and there was like four of us in the change room, like finishing up our makeup and stuff. and It was dead silent. And then this new girl, well, this girl comes in who was obviously new and bouncing around the strip club like or the change room like asking us questions and like being all like cheery and trying to get to know us and like eventually like popped off downstairs and we all just looked at each other and we're like oh that light will die soon (laughs) (laughs) but no I think what you said about you know having tunnel vision is is a really good point I do think that like some of the best hustlers at um, the club that I work at are never socializing. They just like bounce from table to table to table and they're polite, like if you pass them, but they just like don't, you know, stand in what we like to call the black hole and like, you know, talk and drink and stuff together. And, you know, they're the ones making the money and like selling a lot of dances.
1: I, I think it's important as well to ask yourself, like, why is this person like acting in this way? And that way it kind of turns it away from um, like the fear that you can kind of get caught in and then start to become a little more like understanding of, okay, like this person might be being a bit scary or intimidating because of this, this, and this. And it kind of takes the, um, takes the edge off it a bit. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. That's some good advice too.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah,
0: that'd be understanding too. Like even just like the way I speak is very direct Mm -hmm. and like, even like, Riley has now learned how I speak and how I like if I, how I text like I'm very like this 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 like I'm very like direct I say what I think like and I, I think, still almost cry every time you just send lol <laughs> yeah like say something you're like lol as in like it's not funny and I was like
2: oh she mad
0: <laughs> people are gonna think I see you <laughs> and they mustn't know <laughs> um but yeah I think that's that is exactly it just kind of knowing like who it's coming from like is that just the way they speak is that just the way they act at work Maybe that person you think is scary at work is super friendly to you outside the club, but at work, they're focused. They have that tunnel vision. They're there to make money. Um, it's nothing personal. Um, I mean, sometimes it's personal to me, but I'll say i I'm just there to make money. Um, the next listener question here, what is your retort when you hear you're too good slash pretty slash smart to be working in this industry?
1: I normally say, isn't that what I'm here for?
0: That's yeah, what we say, too. I always say, to. would you rather me get you an uglier, dumber girl? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to
0: start pretending to, like, realize that they're right and be like, you're right.
2: I'm too good for
0: this place. <laughs> too, too good for you and
2: you.
0: Or like, you've never been told life, before. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah. <laughs> this is all new information. <laughs> oh, people. Yeah. Riley, didn't you have one? Someone-
2: yeah, I, I was uh, told that I was too dorky to
0: be here. <laughs> the person like, because like, well, like, <laughs> like, like, we, yeah, of course we hear all the time at the club. You're too pretty to be here. You're too smart. You're too whatever. So I guess the guy came out to Riley and was like, I don't mean this in a rude way. You're just to be here, you're just, like, too, and then in her head, she's, like, too pretty. Too yeah, it's just not waiting for, like, my retort. <laughs> waiting for you. back at a compliment. Yeah. And then he was, like, you're too dorky. <laughs> and now we're building her back up. <laughs> <laughs> bit by bit. Okay, so as we know, sex work, especially stripping, is not just taking off your clothes for money. There's a lot of energy required, a lot of, like, giving of yourself. Um, the next listener question is, how do you cleanse your energy?
1: the best way to like energetically cleanse yourself is to like energetically protect yourself in the first place so that you don't have to spend so much, so much time, um, after a shift. And the best way to do that is just to elevate yourself. Like, um, make sure you come into work, like feeling, feeling happy and, um, feeling high vibe. Like you're like you listen to something uplifting, like, or you listen to like music that makes you happy. Like you eat like a good meal, um, you're not stressed out when you come into work because you're going to draw people to you who like um, attract are attracted to and match the energy that you're putting out. And of course, like, um, don't get me wrong, like there can, there can still be like exceptions to the rule. There can still be, you can still come across assholes. Even it, like, it's going to happen either way, but you can attract less if you're going to like going to work in a, in a good mood, like feeling high vibe. So the first step is to like make sure that you, uh, like keeping yourself happy, keeping yourself positive, and you'll find that you have less experiences too that that you need to cleanse yourself from. But my favorite thing to do, um, if I experience um like some customers, is to just like I'll just go into the bathroom, like close the stall, and then just like re like breathe in and out, and then just um like imagine everything like disappearing, like letting everything go with each breath, and like letting new air and new experiences in. And at the end of the night, my favorite thing to do is to just like have a shower and just imagine like all the negative energy, like coming, like coming off me down the drain while I'm, um, cleaning myself.
2: So more sort of like also preventative as opposed to just sort of damage control at the end.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean like damage control like is, is also effective. And, um, I, I, I used to work with crystals a lot. I don't as much as i used to but some people can find crystals really protective um really protective and effective as well um selenite's really good and um like tourmaline are good to like um like good like energy like energetic protectors and um the good for kind of like grounding you and releasing that kind of like tension that you might be feeling
2: yeah, crystals is another thing that I, I really, like, haven't kind of gotten the hang of. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm, like, interested in. I my um, I guess my ex-stepdad um, was, is a, like, sort of did a training in geology, and he very much, like, I went through a period where I couldn't sleep, and he bought me, like, an amethyst. And I was like, it was just interesting to me that, like, someone who studies rocks from, like, a scientific point of view, like, also felt this way, sort of like energetically about it um so yeah i thought that was kind of cool um you're like cool rock man i also have drugs <laughs> dude his yeah his rock collection was like i went home to new zealand like a month ago and he was pointing out all the new rocks and it's actually really interesting i also did that when i was a kid with my mom yeah. <laughs> i still got i look still got rocks. rocks i rock from the park <laughs> um his roms are actually nice and like crystals and stuff (laughs) (laughs) anyway leave him alone (laughs) uh so you talked a little about affirmations to um sort of bring in um money like being a money magnet do you have any other sort of like money drawing rituals or spell type
0: things It's another listener question yes
1: i think at this point in time um What I'm finding is being like most effective um, when it comes to attracting money and bringing more money in is just like being more um, respectful and appreciative of the money that I have and having a good um, attitude in regards to like the money that I already have like in my um, like in my bank account and in my wallet, Um, being like a good steward of the money that I have and um, like being respectful of um, like where I put notes like how I how I treat my money like putting it putting it in a nice place like having it organized um not scrunching not scrunching it up um putting money in in savings and just being like more wary like when I do make purchases and being more aware of what like what I'm spending money on I find like for me just being appreciative of the money that I have like gives it that um it's it's like one of those things where um if you're like friends with someone or if you're in a relationship with someone and you don't feel appreciated you're not going to be around that per- you're not going to want to be around that person and kind of treating money like a friend and treating money like it's something that making it feel like it wants to be there and it wants to come back and i feel like that's the biggest thing um at this point in time that i'm practicing and i'm finding really effective
2: awesome yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think we, we always talk about how money has just a different emotional um, charge to it through our industry, and I think that, yeah, yeah, that's some good tips, too, because, like, I find myself just, like, shoving it into my bag, and that's not very, like, respectful of the energy that it took to, like, make that money and stuff. Um
1: it's so hard when we're in a rush as well. Like we've got to keep hustling and like, you know, we don't have time necessarily to like sit there and like organize our money, but like, sometimes mm-hmm. um, it just like, just as long as it's not like scrunched up and yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so next listener question, how do you take care of your body after a shift? I always wake up feeling drained of energy and you kind of touched on this a little bit before. Um, but do you have any other sort of like tidbits that might help?
1: I don't think it's necessarily, um, what to do, what, um, like doing things after a shift. I think it's just the way you treat your body on a day-to-day basis, making sure that you're eating like foods that are really helping you thrive and, um, exercising. And, um, I, like I personally, I stopped drinking alcohol a few years ago and same with caffeine. And, um, I find because like my body isn't reliant on certain things, I find that, um, I don't really, I don't really struggle with, um, like energy levels because my body is good with producing like energy consistently. So I think just being wary of like what you're putting into your body and how you're treating yourself and getting, getting enough sleep, um, Obviously things like stretching and doing things to cool, like to warm yourself. I mean, like doing things to cool down before you get into bed. Um, my favorite thing as well is I have a massage gun and it's like the best money I I ever spent. And so I'll always use like a massage gun. Like if I didn't use it before work, I'll, like I'll use it after work just to make sure that like my body doesn't feel so tense and like run down the next day.
2: uh. Oh. Is it hard to, like, I feel like my lower back really needs a massage gun and I feel like it's so hard to like, is it one of those ones that like, um? I'm like doing really graphic uh, motions on the camera right now, but like it like punches you basically?
1: Um, kind of, but no, it's just, it just, it's just very, very like fast.
2: Right. Okay. I know, um, my friend had a foot massager at her place and using it after work was incredible. <laughs> like sitting there for like 15 minutes after a shift, you've like taken your heels off. Oh, it was delightful. Oh my God. Um, and the last no- listener question here, do you have any advice for getting gaining confidence in the club when there is an influx of negative vibes?
1: So I'm going to answer this in two parts, the confidence part first and then the um, negative vibes vibes part I think like when it comes to confidence the best thing that you can do is like I know it's very generic advice but just fake it until you make it especially when it comes to um like your body and the way that you're like interacting with the club like from a visual standpoint because um you can trick your body into like feeling a certain way just by changing the like the state the physical state of um like, your posture and um, the way that you, like, you hold yourself, you can trick yourself into believing that you, like, are feeling good and are confident, and so being, like, mindful of your, like, your own body language and making it look as though you are confident, even though you aren't necessarily, will help your body, like, your brain trick, being tricked into thinking that you are confident. It's, like, that old advice that's, like, if you smile, you trick yourself into being happy. If you can like put your body in a state where um, it like looks as though it's confident, you can trick your brain into feeling as though you're confident as well. But also when it comes to negative energy, my most effective, um, something that really works for me personally is visualizing, visualizing like like a globe of golden light around my body and just like visualizing the like negative comments, the negative things bouncing off and like back at the other people instead of having them like interfere with myself and my like energy. Right. Okay. So before
0: we get into our three last rapid fire questions, you are a practitioner of tarot and we had someone do tarot with us in a previous episode. It was so awesome. The listeners loved it. We loved it. So we want to take a little moment here to do some tarot with you. Um, So you're going to do a single reading, I believe is what you said. Yeah. Begin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll just do a little like single card pull.
0: Yeah. That sounds awesome. Perfect.
1: Um, do you guys have like a a question that you want to ask or should I just, um, like pull like in in general? Yeah. I think just
2: a, a general one for the listeners.
1: Okay. So, um, like what can the listeners like expect? Um, so what I, I normally do, um, on Instagram, like every Monday, well, it would like, it's Monday in Australia when I do it, but, um, I normally do like a card pull for like the week ahead to see like what we can kind of expect to see like, um, in, in the strip club, like at things that might come up and how we can best like utilize our time and energy in, um, not necessarily just in the club but also in like our business and our life as well. So I think I'll ju- I'll just do like um something like that and just pull a card to see what um we can kind of expect over the next week.
2: Yeah? Sounds awesome.
1: Okay, so I just pulled the hanged man, which I think is like it's it's really cool pulling this card for um like a strip club style reading, especially because it looks like he's doing a layback on the pole in the, um, in the card. I think, um, over the next week, it'll be really useful to kind of like flip everything, you know, on its head and start asking yourself questions about, um, what you've been doing lately in the club and how effective it is and trying to, um, put the feelers out to see if there's anything you want to learn and, um, adjust to in the strip club, because I feel as though there's a lot of, um, knowledge and, um, new like resources that are going to become available to you if you haven't already. And it's important to be open-minded and, um, willing to like, let go of and let go of and sort of, um, second guess the way that you've been hustling at this point in time.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, if you want to send us a picture of the card, um, and we can put it mm-hmm. up on our Instagram and also what dick are you using? Deck. She's a like, deck. She's Australian. She's <laughs> <say>.
0: Everyone else
1: <laughs> how it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just use the, the standard, um, rider right oh. Yeah. I have a, I have a few different decks, but I mostly use oh. that one. Awesome! And before
0: we let you go, Ginger, we have our three rapid fire questions. We ask all of our guests. The first one is: What is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to
1: try? Oh, um, I guess making a sex tape probably
0: fun. Right. Perfect for OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> And on the flip side of that, what is one thing on your sexual agenda that you have done that you probably wouldn't do again?
1: Um, oh, good question. Um, <laughs> I think like most of my sexual experiences, like when I was 19, 20.
2: Yeah, could live without, eh? <laughs>
1: yeah, I could have done some of those, yeah. for sure. And then your last question here, if you had the world's attention for
0: 30 seconds, what would you say?
1: what would I say? Um, I would, oh wow, the pressure's on. (laughs) Um, if I had the world's attention, up, well, like I'd probably do that for 30 seconds and I don't know how effective my message would be, but (laughs) if I had time to, um, like prepare a little bit and, um, have a think about what I would say, I'd probably tell people to believe in themselves and to, um, just start seeing themselves in like a higher light than what they already do because you're you are as powerful as you believe you are
0: that's definitely a good
1: uh message
0: to end on yeah i love that ginger thank you so much for joining us today it was an amazing interview we loved everything you had to offer before we let you go where can people find you
1: No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Um, You can find me on Instagram at High Vibe Hustler. And um, if you're interested in Tarot tarot and Reiki, I post on my other account, Healing for Hustlers. I also have um, two YouTube channels. One is a like stripper vlogging channel that is just my name, Ginger Zephyr. And then one that's full of resources such as affirmations and um, little like tidbits called High Vibe Hustler. (laughs)
0: Awesome. YouTube. Awesome. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip or email. Oh, sorry. Instagram is actually 50 plus a tip pod because we're now. Shut down. <laughs> <be> here. <laughs> well, and nice. then you can email us at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. Sign to the DMs with any questions, comments. We love getting them. Rate, review, subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. I podcast one more time. One more podcast. <laughs> and then, Ginger, thank you again for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye.
2: This episode is brought to you by X9. X9 is a local Vancouver swimwear and exotic wear company that was started out of love for creativity, art, and experimentation. Founder Emily and her long-term friend Hale opened up the X9 showroom and design studio in 2018. Located in the heart of East Vancouver, Emily and Hale continue to grow X9 with their team, and with the original spirit of the brand in mind, to create fun and unique pieces for sex workers, dancers, performers, and the queer community to express their confidence and sexuality. You can find them on Instagram at X9Bikini.
0: Fifty Plus A tip is also sponsored with the and Lashes. Shout out to our fabulous lash tech Liz at Lavian Lash, who brings our lashes to life. Mine is very over the top and mine
2: is a little more subtle <laughs> a little
0: more subdued sexy yeah. <laughs> whatever your poison is whether it's simple classic, wispy, dramatic colored and even bottom lashes Liz is truly a master of them all you can find her on Instagram at Lavienlashes, That's L-A-V-I-E-N-L-A-S-H and let her know that 50 Plus a Tip sent you to get $20 off your first set